Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Thank you so much for tuning in to the third episode of A Colorful Life with Kika Ward Carey. I am just so grateful for the feedback that I've heard on the previous episodes with Sanan and Denzel. And it just, it just is so encouraging and inspiring and motivating to continue having these conversations that seem to really touch you all as it's so beautiful because these are people who are so special to me so I'm so grateful to be able to share them and their story with you all. Now today I have an episode for you with my Austrian friend Vicky and in this conversation, you'll hear how we met, as always. We are the epitome of internet friends. So I think a lot of you millennials especially will probably find this conversation very interesting and also fun. We discuss career discovery, career changes, life in the middle, after, in between, all of the things that have to do with existing in a pandemic as well as just embracing the journey that is life and embracing change. And I love this part in the podcast that you'll hear where Vicky refers to the part in life before that next change is going to happen. And we coined it as the middle space in life. So thank you for being here. Enjoy the episode. Hi, everyone. I'm Kiko Ward-Carey, and this is A Colorful Life. It's so good to, to see you. I can actually see Vicky. You all cannot see her, um, but it's so good to, to catch up with you. It's been a long time. <laughs> a really long time. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if our, our listeners, you all listening, you remember Tumblr. If you're in our generation, you probably do. Having a moment again, thanks to TikTok. Oh, that's just, um, Listen to some, you know, cultural um, commentary video on YouTube the other day. And you're talking about the um, trend cycle and everything coming back um, and being kind of revived on TikTok. So everything from Twilight to, I don't know, YA books that we were probably reading 10 years ago. It's kind of funny when you think about it. But yeah, Tumblr was a really special place. <laughs> no, but I just remember, I don't know how I came, I don't even know how Tumblr or the algorithm worked back then, but I remember coming across your your blog, I guess, and it was mostly photography based. And I was, I had never, I mean, I only left the country for like traveling with my family to on a cruise or something. And I just remember seeing your photos of your travels like in throughout Europe and also your the countryside. I don't know if it was Austria, but <laughs> wherever the big photos were. It was, um, let me think, it was so ago. Um, but I think I had, you know, one of these personal blogs. And I started that when I was, I think, about 16. Hmm. So it was kind of the time for um, personal artistic expression before the whole influencer thing came in. And um, then everyone who had a blog was kind of switching to other platforms. And then, you know, Instagram um, emerged and um, Tumblr was kind of a side thing. So it wasn't really something to promote your blog on, but it was something to 
further express yourself on. So it's kind of a artistic community. And yes, I think I would have started a Tumblr in like, I don't know, 2011. So when I was like 17, okay. it was after my, my other blog. And I left the whole blogging fear uh, thing when, you know, the whole influencer thing came in. Mm. I wasn't really feeling it anymore. So, yeah, I think I had that for about four years. So from age 15 to 19, probably. Yes, because I do remember looking at all of your photos. I don't, on Tumblr, you could message, right? You could send a... Yeah, you could, yeah. I think, the private messages. And the whole thing was, I think it was so interesting because it didn't really have an algorithm in that sense so it was always you could follow people and people could follow you and um you had this chronological um timeline we just saw what other people were either posting or reposting and it wasn't really it wasn't monetized there were no influencers there was nothing profitable and i think that's kind of interesting because nowadays everything is monetized and you know you have your personal brand and all the chess now, now that you say that, I think it's, it, you're making really great observations, but it sounds like Tumblr, if I think back to it, it was the Instagram before Instagram. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was. It really was, right? Um, but I just, I just to go back to how we met in Tumblr. So um, I don't know how, you're right. There was, I don't understand the, there probably wasn't an algorithm. So we, the way we met then is kind of serendipitous, right? <laughs> out of all the millions i don't know how many users there were on tumblr but <laughs> all the users on tumblr i don't know we came across each other mm -hmm. and um i just remember like we never really had a, a conversation or anything it was just little messages like i like your photos or or something like that and then i remember going on tumblr one day and you were gone you had disappeared or something or I don't know what happened did you leave tumblr no actually I didn't oh, really? uh, maybe it changed my username or something. maybe okay it was years ago so it's in my memory you still have um found me if you were following maybe you were following me I was following you <laughs> I promise no okay then I, my memory is wrong maybe it wasn't tumblr there was something that you disappeared from because I think we 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 were connected on multiple platforms. It was Tumblr and then at one point Instagram, and then you deleted your Instagram or something and you started you would start over your Instagram feed. You were like the most one of the original people I know who would like change their mind and then delete their photos and start over their Instagram. <laughs> Actually, it's funny that you mentioned it because. The other day I was, um, you know, going through all things and um, all things and books and drawers and stuff. And I was um, I was coming across a um, booklet from Instagram that they sent to like the original people <laughs> um, back when, you know, Instagram wasn't a part of Facebook. It wasn't monetized. It wasn't anything of that. <laughs> so um, it was just people sharing their inspirations and their pictures. And I think that was a really interesting time. So I think I initially I started my Instagram as a part of um, my blog, kind of an extension, you know, to further brand yourself and um, go to a different platform and maybe draw more attention. Um, and then I stopped blogging and um, kind of did the whole Instagram thing um, just as, you know, 
a hobby for a few years and went to meetups and stuff and um, met up with people just to go on picture and photo tours, <laughs> which was a great time. Um, and yeah, and then it changed really quickly. And yeah, right now I'm just a private person on Instagram, I'm not an influencer or anything. But I think it's really fascinating to think about how these platforms change so quickly and how they influence us as well. Absolutely. I mean, I'm sure we can have a whole separate conversation about how much uh, social media has impacted all of us. And I mean, I always thought like I didn't really grow up with social media, but now that we have this conversation, our whole relationship was based off of social media. So the whole concept of Internet friends. I like, know. We're really close to without ever having met them. <laughs> So yeah, so you had you like maybe deactivated your Instagram account or something, and then you came back, and um, yeah, and then we would just message each other or chat. I mean, the conversations were were never just how you, you're just like you talk to people you don't really you've never met in person, right? Like, how are you doing? How are you doing? Right, all of that. Um, and then when I moved to Korea and um, in two thousand and 18 after I've been living there for four years or so uh my husband got had a business trip in Vienna yeah for a month and then I messaged you I said I was going to be in Vienna and you were like yes we should totally meet and then we exchanged phone numbers for the first time in <laughs> ever right we never considered changing like exchanging whatsapp um and then we met in Vienna yeah, that was really special. Four years ago. Pre, pre-pandemic. Yeah. Almost right before it. Um, yeah, so we, we met in Vienna. Oh my goodness, Vicky, your city, you were born and raised in Vienna, right? I will wow. That is such a, I don't know, uh, such a sophisticated city. Well, a lot of cities in Europe are very clean, but it's just so beautiful and everywhere you go is just dripping of history of art and it was like walking around that city I kept thinking ah like I understand why Vicky was the way she was when she was years around you know the places you live in really have an impact on you you can't really Mm -hmm. um, distance yourself from like the surroundings you grew up in they always have one effect or the other on you and I think Vienna is a really funny place in a sense that many Viennese people love the city, but they also kind of hate it, but they love to hate it sometimes. So that's definitely very interesting. But yeah, I think especially when you mentioned the whole historical aspects, it definitely had an impact on me and also on you know my interest in history and all these kinds of things. So definitely a big part of the whole journey. It had to have some kind of impact on you because you ended up studying history in I did, university, yeah. right? I did. Yeah. I did history for four years in total. So um, actually after school, I um, went on a gap year. And when I came back, I kind of you know had to do the decision, okay, what am I going to study? What are my interests? And I think it's really difficult when you're like 18, 19 to really choose something um, and have your whole life in mind. 
or have like a, a really um you know straightforward path so i was kind of thinking about okay what are the things that interest me and um, that was history mainly <laughs> pretty much i was aspiring to become like an academic or a historian you know the the people who show up in documentaries and give their two cents and <laughs> that kind of thing so um i studied history which i really really loved um and i did that for four years and I think after one year of studying history, I also picked up um, comparative literature to, at the time, um, which had like language classes and I did some French. And um, it also has a really big focus on like cultural studies, which is still a really, really big interest of mine. Yeah, I, I finished both of them, both degrees. I was kind of assessing um, where to go from there and I realized that maybe the academic path wasn't for me after all because you know in theory it's nice but um, if you really do it and practice it it's a whole different thing and especially if you don't really have people to talk to or role models who are doing the kind of thing you're aspiring to do and um, it's really difficult sometimes to um, get a sense of the reality of something and I think especially in Vienna, I mean, we do have great universities and other things, but um, it's not the same as studying in maybe the UK or somewhere else. And um, yeah, I really enjoyed the degree and I'm really um, glad that I did it. Um, but in the end, it isn't where I ended up. So <laughs> I think the way you go is sometimes more interesting than the goal you initially set for yourself. That's really beautiful. I just want to repeat that, how you said like the direction that you initially took, um, it, it can change, but the journey is usually more interesting, right? Than how you end up or your destination. And that is so universal about the human experience, right? You're all the way on, not the other side of the world, but in a completely different continent. And I could say the same thing about my story, right? I had no idea that it would take me the places and, I would meet the people that I did, um, but that is what makes it interesting. That's so cool. What university did you go to in Vienna? Um, I went to the uni University um, of Vienna, which is like the main university mm -hmm. that we have. And you know, education system in the US and Europe is pretty different. So um, you don't have to pay anything. So you don't have student loans or any of that. Um, so yeah, it was the main university. We do have some private universities or, um, you know, specialities. And we also have something called Fachhochschule, which is um, like University of Applied Sciences, um, which you pay for. Um, but yeah, I initially went to the University of Vienna, which is where most of the people that I know or that I knew back then went. So it was a pretty easy decision. Also history um, was only offered there. so. I didn't really have much of a choice in that regard. Okay. Wait, history, the subject was only offered at that university? Main university that we had. Because ah. other universities are, um, there are some private universities for like psychology courses or degrees and um, everything from marketing sciences, business um, and stuff is mostly at the applied um, universities or applied sciences. Um, but the main university offers things like um, medicine, law, history, humanities, so all these things. So history is only offered there. Well, that's so interesting. I, cause you know, I don't know if you know this, but in the US, like you can 
take mostly all subjects at every university um, to an extent. So I guess, well, Austria is much smaller. The education system, if you compare it to, is really interesting because I think the whole university experience is completely different in US. I mean, I've never been, so I, I can't really talk from firsthand experience. But, um, you know, the whole concept of um, applying to university, getting a loan, um, moving somewhere out of state, um, living in a dorm, all these things don't really happen here. So I think that's really interesting to compare the two um, concepts of like the university experience and the whole education system in that regard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember when I was in Austria, you actually took me to your university. Do you remember that? I do, I do. And there's like, I don't know, some famous stairs or something. I don't know if they're famous, but in my mind, they were very grand. <laughs> they look like they could have been out of some kind of movie. I'm sure something was filmed there. But wow. Like, yeah, yeah. The, the main boulevard in, um, in Vienna called the Ringstraße. Um, there most of the main um, imperial buildings are, so like theaters, university, um, city hall. And um, there was a project that was done in the 18, don't quote me on that as a history, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but somewhere in the 1860s, 70s, 80s, around that mm -hmm. time. Yeah, I just remember how beautiful it was. I don't know how, it's, it's so crazy because it hasn't been, it wasn't that long ago, but I'm trying to piece together um, <laughs> memories of walking through the halls and then did we go into the library or walk past it? We maybe had a quick look inside. But yeah, it must have, must have been um, right after I left university because it was in August 2018. Yeah. Right? And okay. I finished studying there in, it must have been September 2017. Mm. So we met in Austria and Vienna and um, walking it through your university was one part of our day. We only spent a day together. And I never forget when you took me, I'm going to kill, I'm going to destroy, demolish the pronunciation of this palace. <laughs> but let me try, let me try. <laughs> okay, you took me to, oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm, I'm nervous to, to say the <laughs> word. Schrun, Schrunbrunn Palace? Schrunbrunn? <laughs> Schrunbrunn. Oh, Schrunbrunn. Schönbrunn Palace and um, we walked we didn't go inside we just walked through the garden we uh, walked around the terrace where we took our first picture together <laughs> that we've had so far. <laughs> <laughs> and then we walked through was it the garden or mm, the picture area with the trees and uh and we just sat on the bench and we ate gelato um, we did yeah you mm -hmm. no no you had sorbet because you were vegan, so you. Right? Gelato still. <laughs> you still ice, still ice cream. <laughs> oh yeah yeah so ice cream. I just wanted to clarify that you uh, ate sorbet. <laughs> I can't remember the flavor. It was raspberry. Oh, typical me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we were sitting at the bench and we were just chatting and that conversation I thought about that for years later, oh. because. Um, well, I mean, obviously, if we stayed in touch all of these years, that we would have some type of similarities in our perspective. But it was just so 
um, it was just very magical, I, I would say, because we were we were talking about, you know, you had just graduated and I was getting ready to leave Korea and we were just talking about life and like your career and my career and, um, you know, our the different passions that we have about art and um, just basically discovering more about ourselves and our interests, but like the press, the pressure of both of our societies and makes us have to kind of choose or make a decision when we weren't ready to do so. And then we also, of course, talked how much about how much capitalism can really suck <laughs> as well as, as our generation tends to do. And of course, I was probably influenced a little bit um, because I think it was in the spring of 2018. So right before we met, I read this book called uh, Bullshit Chops by David, I think it's Graeber or Grabner, um, which was a really, really good read and really insightful. But I think that also kind of, you know, influenced my thoughts on like the whole capitalism thing and like, um, does the things that we do or do the things that we do um, make sense or um, are we just having a job for the sake of having a job without contributing anything? Mm. All these thoughts, so. Yeah, I'm talking about that. I'm going to, I'll put that book in the show notes, but I, I want to read it as well. I feel like there are times in your life that are kind of um, markers for you and you realize like, not that you've had some type of enlightening experience, but it's kind of like a, a breakthrough where you decide that this is going to be one of my philosophies or values in life. And I think I was going through a period of that during that time. And so meeting you was just like the pieces were connecting and it was kind of confirmation for me. Like, you know, I can create my life where I can decide what it, what I want it to look like and not just make decisions based off of um, a seemingly um, perception of security, whether that be financial or um you know, just stability um, in that regard. But yeah, I just thought, I just wanted to thank you for that, Vicky, because I've been, I thought about that so much and I still do. But it's just a beautiful city. So anyone listening, definitely go to Austria. I mean, in the summertime, you have those outdoor theaters and they play the movies every week. Um, my husband and I watch Miss Saigon. Um, and that was really nice, like the huge screen and the weather is just so nice out there as well. It's not, it's very mild, I would say. It is. I think summers in Vienna are great. And we also have, you know, outdoor locations to go for a quick swim that are not really that far away. So like pretty much in the city. That is very true. I think I walked near one of them. It was really great. Fast forward, that was 2018 and the world quickly changed. <laughs> after all of that so I just want to hear a little bit about how have you been doing during this pandemic pretty big question um actually I've been thinking a lot about that um because it's been going on for so long now and I think we tend to or we always tend to compare ourselves to you know the person we were maybe at the start of the pandemic um or maybe not really realizing how much time has already passed and that you have grown so much in the time. Um, when I speak for myself, like when the pandemic started in March, 2020 for us mainly, 
I was still studying for my master's degree back then. So I did a master's in uh, digital marketing while working at a startup in the educational sector. And um, I was working part-time and um, studying for my degree. Then a pandemic happened. And um, we had this thing called Kurzarbeit in Austria, which is like um, you reduce your work hours um, so that you don't lose your job, but you still get an, a big part of your income. So I had a lot of free time in my hands. Um, so I was working from home and I was studying for my degree. Then over the summer, I was pretty much putting all of my energy into writing my master thesis. Um, which was a really, really big project for me and something that really shaped me and really interested me. Because, you know, when you start a big project like that, it's always kind of intimidating at first. And especially for someone who's really structured <laughs> like me. Um, first, you have to gather all the information and you have to make a plan um, when you're going to do what part and um, how it's all coming back together in the end. Um, so I was working really hard on that over the summer. Um, then I gave up my job after graduating. So I graduated in um, November, which was shortly before um, the next lockdown <laughs> in Austria. Um, so I had my, you know, the whole exam um, for my degree and for graduating and the graduation ceremony all remotely, so all online, um, which was a bit sad because you didn't really see anyone <laughs> again. Um, so I just had a feeling that um, a lot of pressure was kind of accumulating over the summer or like in the whole year of 2020. And um, then suddenly, you know, with the snap of a finger, you were finished in your living room and you would have had the time to like go out, meet people, travel, um, and then boom, lockdown, and you were kind of stuck inside, stuck in your living room with all the time at your hands. Um, so I had a phase in the, at like the end of 2020 where I um, didn't really know what to do next. I mean, I knew that I wanted to find another job, so like a full-time job um, with a lot more responsibility than I had previously. Um, and I found one pretty quickly, but it wasn't, especially like in, in retrospect, I wasn't really um, in the right mindset to really gather all my thoughts and really knew what I was um, looking for or what kind of role I was really seeing myself in. So um, I pretty much took the first job that um, popped up that were, you know, that was sounding good and um, paying well and like um, representing my interest and my degree and everything. Um, then at the beginning of 2021, I was actually having to deal with a lot of uh, panic attacks and like mental health stuff, just because there was so much uncertainty and I didn't really know if I'm in the right place, if I made the, the right decisions and all the chess. So um, that was getting better quickly with like, you know, start of summer, <laughs> going back there again. Um, yeah, and um, then I was in a job for like a year and um, at the end of 2021, I was kind of at a point again where I was thinking, okay, I enjoy my job, but it's not really the thing I see myself doing for another couple of years, at least not really in the generalized aspect that I was doing it. So I was a 
digital marketing specialized um, specialist and I was pretty much doing everything um, in regards of digital marketing. So paid campaigns, um, website optimization, everything. And um, I was actually planning on specializing in um, a certain aspect of digital marketing, um, but my interests were pretty much on everything, accessibility, website, um, conversion optimizations so or that part. And all the jobs were for the other part. So the job openings were mainly about social media and um, paid advertising, which wasn't really um, the area that I was interested in. Um, so I actually did a lot of applications and interviews um, like in the autumn of last year, um, which were all pretty good, but it wasn't really the thing that I really saw myself doing for the next couple of years. And um, then I took a really, really good break for Christmas. So like two weeks of digital detox and um, not reading emails and all that. And um, then I was planning on actually starting the next round of applications after Christmas. And um, then at the start of January, I, I was in a mindset where I kind of had a clear head again. And I could really focus on my goals and where am I now? What are my strengths? What are my interests? Um, where do I see myself going from here? And I kind of came back to the whole UX field um, because it's always been something that interested me. And I think especially UX is something that you don't really, it doesn't really pop up for you when you're looking for something because it's more of a thing that you stumble upon while doing something else. Um, because I think a lot of you know UX designers um, are just graphic designers that more or less um, came to UX design by chance. And it's not something that you really know exists when you start out in whatever area. Um, yeah, so I kind of came to the conclusion, okay, this is what interests me most. This is what my personality, um, or it's, it's a great fit for my personality. It's a great fit for all my interests. And it just feels right <laughs> to do this as an step. And then I pretty much spent um, the month of January, you know, networking with people, talking to um, people who are already doing it. And um, yeah, researching boot camps, courses, qualifications, what is out there, what could I do, how could I get to where I want to be, and um, just did a lot of that. And yeah, right now I'm set on my path to becoming a UX designer. So that's um, the next few months for me, and it just it just feels right. Oh, yeah. And um, I think something that the pandemic also has really taught me. Um, is that you shouldn't really compromise um, stability for what you really want to do. And you shouldn't sacrifice your intuition because I, for myself, I have a pretty strong intuition. And most of the time I listen to it, but sometimes, especially when it comes to jobs, not anymore, but I did at some point, um, you know, the whole thing of financial stability, um, what I thought I should do in the in the views or from the point of view of other people um, were more important than my intuition. And sometimes, you know, you have an interview, it, it goes well and um, you're offered a job, but it doesn't feel right somehow. And um, when you're not that experienced in that regard or when you um, have a lot of pressure from like peers or 
society or financial pressure, um, you kind of, you take it anyway, even though you know that it doesn't feel right and it doesn't really reflect what you want to do right now. And I think that's something that the pandemic has really told me to just trust more into what I really want to do and um, what feels right for me, um, no matter what it looks like for other people. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful, Vicky. Wow. Like you really painted a very whole picture of what your experience has been like. And um, the last part that you said about trusting your intuition and how that's what one of the main things you gained out of the pandemic. That's that's really that's that that speaks a lot to me. <laughs> so thank you for sharing that. One thing you said um, when if I just take us step back from what you said that really stood out to me when you were mentioning you know how there was a point in the pandemic where you felt very almost paralyzed and you were having panic attacks your mental health was suffering which I'm sure has been the experience of many of us my listeners and also just all over the world us during the pandemic this time has been so uncertain and um, seemingly has no end in sight so but it sounds like something that you did that really stands out to me is you, I don't know the timeline or the time frame of this progress for you, but it seems like you were able to, not quickly, but, you know, I guess, in, you know, prospectively, quickly able to get out of that kind of, you know, fog. And then I don't know where or how you did it, but can you talk? us through a little bit how you muscled up the strength and courage and self-awareness to uh, not just sit in in that feeling or in that in that moment and you still were able to um to not necessarily find your your ability to take control of your your feelings or um of your experience and then turn it into something like take action with it and make it into something else yeah. How are you, how did you, what was your thought process during that time? How were you able to make that shift? I think one of the most important things um, is really, at least for me, talking to people and um, like realizing that you're not alone and feeling whatever it is that you're feeling. Um, and especially during, you know, a pandemic with everything that you see online or elsewhere of productivity and toxic productivity sometimes having the feeling that you know we're in lockdown and we should be learning a new language or perfecting a skill um, when in reality you're living through a pandemic <laughs> um, so it's really helpful to just talk to other people and realizing that you're not alone in feeling what you're feeling um, and also something that really helps me and it also helped me um, in that period of my life um, was like setting a timeline and realizing, okay, I'm not happy where I am right now, but I set a timeline for myself, for example, in like six months, um, a year from now. And um, I just go on like I'm doing right now. And um, I look where it takes me. And like at the timeline, so in, for example, a year, I re-evaluate re <laughs> re um, everything and um, just set the timeline for myself. Okay, if I'm still feeling this way, I will change something. 
whatever it is that I'm changing, because it just uh, gives you the perspective and the feeling that you're not stuck forever in the situation that you're in right now. And I think one of the hardest things about um, the pandemic for me was like realizing that um, you don't really know where it ends or how, how long it's going to take for it to end. Because usually if something bad happens or if you're in a situation that you you don't like or that isn't ideal for you, um, you at least know when it's going to end and you can kind of arrange um, yourself and um, like live through it. And you know, okay, it's only going to take a year. I can do this. But with the pandemic, it was always like, um, okay, it's always it's always ongoing and it's almost the end and then it isn't and then maybe it is and maybe it isn't mm. it goes on and on and on and um, you're kind of stuck in the middle so what I did was talking to people setting a timeline for myself and also um, not consuming the news as um, as much as I did at the beginning because it's kind of paralyzing you know hearing everything from all sides and I don't know reading opinions of people online and um, like absorbing them as your own or just absorbing everything seemingly negative in the world which isn't really healthy so I kind of stuck to reading the news maybe every two days every two days and um, once a day um, but not really getting into it too much and kind of doing my thing with, without really analyzing everything around me. Um, so that really helped me. But like talking to people was a really, really big part because mm -hmm. I have and I had and I have still a lot of people around me who kind of were in a similar situation and um, who are thinking in a similar way than I do. So that's always really helpful. So talk to people, don't um don't just you know eat it all up or um be a lone warrior but just mm -hmm. talk to people and exchange thoughts and ideas you gave some really practical ways thank you for that um of how you can kind of get yourself out of that rut so you said first you kind of did a little bit of reflection you you wrote down where or i don't know if you wrote it down but where uh, you seem like someone who journals, right? <laughs> you wrote down um, notebooks, so I'm a really <laughs> structured person. Okay, so you um, wrote down how, you know, where where do you want, where are you going to be if you continue to like, um, you know, move through life in this way, and that is something I think we can take with us in all seasons of our life, not just when things are going you know, aren't going well, but also things are, are going well, right? I think that is a great way, exercise that we should incorporate into our life of reflecting on, okay, I, I'm at this point in my life that I'm really enjoying perhaps. So let me write down, like, what are some of the things I did to get here? And what will my life, my life look like if I continue on this path? And then on the flip side, also, if you're at a place that you don't really enjoy you can do the same thing and it's it's nice to have that kind of marker to look back on and yeah. kind of give us a little bit of feedback on what the things that we're doing that are in life that are working and vice versa what isn't working but wow Vicky when I hear you talk I'm just so amazed by mm -hmm. your self-awareness your 
ability to um, look at different perspectives and not because I know a lot of time in my life, a lot of times in my life, I struggled with, you know, flipping my mindset, but it seems like it's a muscle that you've been working a lot. So talk me, talk to me about that. Like who, where did you get that from? Is that just um, something you've seen reflected in your relationships, maybe your parents or I know you read a lot, so I'm sure it comes a lot from the books that you read, but how, have you always been this way? Like very thoughtful? I have not, but just a a quick note before that, because I was just thinking about it, um, the whole, you know, self-reflection part. Um, I think it's really hard to really self-reflect and um, think about, okay, where am I now? Where do I want to go? When you're in the midst of maybe a full-time job, other responsibilities, um, because you don't really have the mindset to really reflect or productively reflect and um, have a clear picture of everything. So I think it's also important yourself without any feeling of guilt to just dedicate a moment to yourself and think about everything. which I know is really hard. So like the mindset that I have now or the clarity that I have now for like my next steps, um, I only gained after my Christmas break because I had a lot of um, responsibilities and duties and um, everything before Christmas. So I didn't really have the mindset back then. Um, But to get back to your question, no, I haven't always (laughs) um, had a mindset. I think I've always been really introspective and like self-aware. Um, I think also part due to you know personality type and everything. I know we mentioned my tricks, <laughs> so I am INFJ. So there you go. So what is INFJ? So people INFJ know. is um, like introverted, introspective. Um, I can't really tell you all of the four com- components. <laughs> It is intuitive and and all the things. So, yeah, but I had one time in my life. Um, so it was right after graduating with you know my history degree, but we talked about earlier. And um, I was originally planning to um, do a master's in either literature, cultural studies, um, history. And um, I had a short fallout with a professor of mine, <laughs> who kind of. Um, put things into perspective um, and I'm kind of thankful for it not not to him but like for the whole incident back then um, in retrospect because it really forced me to reconsider what I'm doing and reconsider my options and my interests and everything so I had like a really interesting period in my life from like end of 2017 to beginning of 2018. I was just um, kind of telling myself, okay, I thought I was doing this thing, but I'm not. And I don't really know where I am right now and where I'm going and what I want to do next. And that's okay. um, Because you don't always have to have a plan. And um, I was reading a lot of like self-help books and, um, you know, these types of books. I I know there are some controversial opinions about it and I'm kind of wary about it myself because there's some really toxic ones out there, I think. Um, 
but at the end of the day, you just take what resonates with you and um, leave the rest. So it, you don't have to take everything for face value. And um, that really helped me to kind of see my life in a different perspective, not just as something that I just have to do a certain way, or if I start thing A, I have to finish with thing B. Um, but that there are so many like nuances and possibilities and things to maybe um, connect or transfer knowledge that you already have into a different field. And um, yeah, in that period, I was doing a lot of uh, work on myself and on my mindset. And then I actually came across the whole digital marketing thing, mm -hmm. which when we go back to, you know, the old blogging days, <laughs> actually was something that I really enjoyed, but never really saw it something I could do or something that I would be interested in pursuing um, professionally. So I kind of came across that and one thing led to another and I did a course and a degree and everything. And um, yeah, if I didn't have to fall out with my professor, I probably wouldn't be where I am right now. So that was probably phase number one in like developing a um, self-aware mindset. Mm -hmm. And I think phase number two was probably <laughs> the pandemic with mm -hmm. everything going on. Because especially if you're, you know, an introspective, empathetic person like myself, um, you always have like the drive to help people and to, I don't know, better the world and improve things around you, but you can't always do that. So um, when you're like struggling with your own things and you're reading about the pandemic and about racism and I don't know, all kinds of horrible things, um, you just can't help everyone at once and yourself. Um, so... Yeah, I think just um, being your best self, but not really putting the pressure on yourself to solve every problem in the world because it just can't. Um, so yeah, I think developing, as you said, it's it's a muscle, um, developing a mindset like that. And it's something that you continuously strive to improve. So it's, it's not really a process that's finished at some point. And um, it's definitely something that you can benefit on for the rest of your life because you, you will always have um, decisions or difficult decisions to make or um, like big life steps where you, you have to decide between two things or multiple things. And I think the more self-aware you are, the easier it gets to really trust yourself and your decision and your intuition no matter what it looks like from the outside or what other people might think or what society tells you. So, yeah, but probably, you know, listening to people is a big thing. So like um, essentially what we are doing right now. So like <laughs> people's experience. Well, she's saying, listen to this, listen to my <laughs> podcast. <laughs> and I'm like listening to other people, um, other people's experiences and um, points of views and um yeah listening to podcasts and uh, reading books and like absorbing experiences from other people and yeah mindsets essentially I love that Vicky and I'm just sitting here with this huge smile you all can't <laughs> see because I'm just thinking <laughs> how, how lucky <clears throat> how how blessed I am that 
my paths crossed with yours in this lifetime because I just love your heart and um, I'm just so grateful for you that you decided to allow me to take some time from your amazing life and just have a chat with you. So for our listeners, practical things that Vicky just said are, you know, first of all, reflection, whether that be in a journal or typing it, or even some type of voice note to yourself, but really scheduling in, if you're, you're really busy, schedule in time to reflect. And I think that should be something we do quite frequently, whether that is monthly or Weekly would be nice, or monthly or quarterly, but just really taking time to reflect on where you are in your current um, season. And then also, if you continue to move through life and how you are currently, where will you be in six months from now, a year from now? That is very, I think that is such a practical tool that we could all use in reflecting. When you're mentioning writing things down, um, as you said, you know, voice notes, whatever works for you. But um, I think especially with um, collecting maybe inspirations, quotes, and things that help you um, is really great because, first of all, you have chosen the quotes or the, the words that are beneficial to you. And sometimes it's it's just a line of words um, that you're actually already aware of, but you've never really heard it put that way. And maybe you just needed to hear it in that way at that time. So when you write it down, you know that it's helpful for you. And when you come across it in like a few weeks or a few months, um, it can help you again. So I think that's really, really great. Because for example, a couple of days ago, I um, was attending a webinar it was all about you know job search and um, applications, interviews, and everything, career um, building. And um, someone said, you know, the next step you're going to take when finding a job is basically finding the best fit for you at that time. It doesn't have to be the best fit for the next five or ten years. It just has to be for right now. And um, it should also be like a good stepping stone to where you want to go from there. And I think that's a really healthy mindset because you're not really have the feeling that, or you, you won't have the feeling that you're stuck into a place for 10 years or however many years, um, but you just always try to make the best decision for you and for your needs at that particular moment. That's great. So you said the the person in the webinar, they they told you when you're selecting a job currently, you should make your decision based off of what is the best decision for you at this moment currently, and um, what is going to lead to some type of growth to where you eventually want to go or some type of growth that you can leverage in the future, but not to think of it as the end all be all. Like this is just a step to the next place. So that's how you should make your decisions. That's great. That is, that is really, really good. And um, yeah, I think that is something we all can, can do. I know, especially during, in the United States, we were having, they call it the great resignation. A lot of people are leaving their jobs and they, you know, they're wanting to work remotely. So I think this is something that will really resonate with people in this current era um, when people are really reflecting on their life and thinking about their career path, their relationships, and all of that, 
which I think that advice could be used in all aspects of our life, really, right? Your relationships, like your that you know your goals are not really set in stone and they can change mm -hmm. and you don't have to stick to them the way that you maybe planned it 10 years ago because you're going to change you're going to evolve your goals are going to evolve and change and also the world around you because especially you know if you're working in anything related to the digital field um, there are so many things that just didn't exist five years ago and there is no way that you could have predicted it or um, set that goal for yourself all these years ago because it just didn't exist. It wasn't an option and you didn't know about it. Mm, that's so true. Like just like right now, there's digital marketing didn't exist yeah. a decade ago. So, yeah. so I, mm -hmm. I couldn't have chosen it back then. <laughs> so. No, right? So you, you don't know what you don't know. And I never forgot this because I did have a professor in university, uh, Dr. Curtis Ryan, um, I was a political science major. So one of his courses, and he said something that really resonated with me, even resonates with me, even to this day, that a lot of you will be in careers that don't even exist right now. And I never heard that in my little um, early 20s um, mind. I was that was mind boggling to me. But it just, it was, it was like an expansion. This, this space opened up in my mind that, okay, I could finally take a breath and think, you know, all of these roles or these jobs that are presented to me, they never interest me. <laughs> like, I was like, I don't want to be a doctor. I don't want to just be an, I don't know, an accountant or an office worker. I just want to live my life and, and not have that pressure. But um, and that's also why it's so important to talk to people who are maybe the same age as you or with slightly more experience mm -hmm. because they see things in a really similar perspective to mm -hmm. you and sometimes you know parents or people who are a lot older than you just have a different point of view on these things mm -hmm. um, especially with like you know building a career and changing jobs maybe every four years and advancing your career or going into a field that um, they don't know anything about or um, that they can't really imagine what it would be or how it's going to evolve. It's just helpful to talk to people. So what I'm hearing, a, 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 main, a main theme throughout our conversation is how much you value the relationships you have in your life because you've you and I know I can see your face. You just smile when you think about the people. I know there's probably specific names or faces that are popping up in your head as you think about it. Um, and so I just want to take a moment to say thank you to the people in Vicky's life who you know inspire her and encourage her because that's why she is also as incredible of a human as you are, Vicky. Um, but yeah, so you're saying you keep saying how important relationships are. And where did you, how did you get to the point where you can, you know, you decide on who your close circle is or who the people are in your life that you're, you want to hold on to or, or keep what, what is something, what are some key uh, personality traits or some key things that you can see in the relationships you have that keep you, um, you know, going back to those people or keep, keep you um close to to those people in your life yeah that's actually a pretty tough question because i've always been 
kind of selective about you know choosing friends <laughs> so i've never really been one of like a big friend circle there everyone knows everyone um i've always had a really close circle of friends who sometimes didn't even know each other because they just came from different backgrounds and i met them at different places at different points in my life um yeah but i think the main characteristics um are probably you know the ability to listen the mindset empathy is a big part so like understanding other people's needs or other people's situations and like kind of exchanging your views or exchanging your opinions without um, judging anyone for any different opinions and i don't know it wasn't really a conscious decision to <laughs> choose friends um because as I mentioned with like my intuition, I've always really had a good ability to read people. So um, if I meet someone where I kind of get a feeling, okay, it's not the most healthy relationship. Um, if you build a friendship or relationship with that person, I'm probably not going to um, do it or spend a lot of time with that person or get them, let them get too close to me. So um I think I really value, you know, good friendships, um, but not too many. So quality over quantity, probably. <laughs> like most things in life, right? We should have quality over quantity. <laughs> I know this pandemic, who knows when it's going to end, but do you have any travel plans or any places that you're you're eyeing when things are a little more stable for you? I wish, I wish. Um, yeah. I actually went to Italy last summer with a good friend of mine, um, which was lovely. It was pretty hot, <laughs> but great. Um, we went for about a week, which was really nice because it was my, my first trip, you know, out of Austria for about two years. So pretty long time. Um, then I just had like a two day um, work trip to Amsterdam in November but I didn't really see a lot of things. And right now I was actually thinking about going somewhere in January, <laughs> but um, A, it's much too cold and B, you know, the whole Omicron strain and everything, yeah. I wasn't really comfortable with going anywhere and maybe getting sick somewhere and, you know. So um, right now I don't have any concrete plans, but maybe in March, early spring, kind of spontaneous mm -hmm. trip to wherever i'm really open to travel destinations <laughs> but um yeah probably europe so like um somewhere in the south of like italy france i wish i was close enough to just walk around <laughs> and go to italy oh my goodness yeah. i was actually thinking about um going to paris again so that was kind of my idea for um january because actually we do have a night train now from Vienna to Paris. Really? I don't really know how, how many hours it's going to take, but it would be a great option, really interesting, because my, my last night train experience, it's been a while. <laughs> it was to Poland, I think in 2017. So yeah, I think um, a night train trip somewhere would be really interesting. 
or maybe Venice. <laughs> so there's so many great places. Oh, wow. Well, you're, you're really big. I'm, I'm always kind of the, you know, spontaneous traveler. I don't really plan for like half a year in advance. I just, when I have time and money at my hands, I say, okay, do I want to go somewhere? Yes. Where do I want to go? What are the prices right now? And then just go and be spontaneous. Flow, right? Especially, we all deserve it, especially after the few years that we had and that we're living in. Cool. I think it's, it's always great to, you know, travel and just get your mind off things and also like have the feeling that you can do anything in the sense that you can just, you know, decide, okay, I'm going to go wherever and I do it. And then you just have a different outlook on maybe the problems or the situation that you're facing at home. Mm -hmm. So traveling is it's always beneficial to your health and your mind. Mm -hmm. Like traveling is definitely, it has been my greatest teacher mm -hmm. traveling because I don't know, you just, well, I do know <laughs> you, you just meet so many people, you get different perspectives on how to live a life, how to, to make a life, what a life could actually be. And there's just this feeling of constant euphoria that you can have. And it's like the best yeah. high in the world. Yeah. <laughs> right? Absolutely. Yeah. I relate to that. Yeah. But also, you know, you're so often when you're traveling, especially when you're traveling alone, um, you're put in situations that you have to conquer somehow and there's not much room for you know anxiety or dodging hard um, decisions because you just have to do it in order to get something or to get an information or something that you need right now so you have to overcome some of your maybe anxieties or fears or blockages that you would maybe have at home because mm -hmm. you just always stay in your comfort zone absolutely so, yeah absolutely great about traveling yeah, it, that's true. There's so much growth that happens in such a short period of time, day to day, right? Sometimes hour by hour, especially if you're um, staying in a different country for an extended amount of time, things that you would find so easy and familiar, like oh, going to your bank or, you know, paying a bill or going out to eat, right? And you're in a different place where speak a different language and you have to um constantly problem solve yeah just do it right like nike just do it <laughs> you just have to just do it oh i'm gonna edit that out nike you don't get a, a free sponsored by <laughs> sponsored by me no sir <laughs> no, but also because it kind of forces you i mean forces is a negative word but you don't get it just um kind of forces you to see things from a different point of view um, and like not take things for granted just as you mentioned going out to to eat somewhere or going to the bank or whatever because you have to um, do the whole task in a completely different way yeah yeah it does force you I don't think that's negative I think it's true it, it really does it literally forces you I've been forced a lot of times while traveling to do things and now uh, because of that time um, so many things in my day-to-day -day don't really bother me. Um, yeah. I, I think change has become one of my favorite things when I used to always be so opposed to change, but now I can't 
it's like I'm addicted to change. Like I need exciting. especially yeah. like the period between stability and the next chapter when you're like in between and you don't really know, okay, where am I going? But it feels right and I will be okay. That's kind of the most most exciting period. Yeah, it's like are we masochists? <laughs> are we masochistic? <laughs> I love that that time in my life but I have a big I feel like I'm on the precipice of something and I'm yeah. like can I just sit in here a little bit and like the time the moment before that is so poetic the moment before um that change happens that mm -hmm. is that little space in between yeah, in between mm -hmm. transitional period I love it that time get the feeling that you know you actually you could do anything that you mm -hmm. set your mind to you could I don't know, move abroad, do something completely crazy, or just get stuck to get stuck where you are right now. And mm -hmm. it's just a matter of making a decision going through with it. And I think that's something really scary at one hand, but really interesting and and great. On the I other just hand. I just had this thought that I think the difference between both of our thinking, and I think it has come from traveling as well, or different experiences and reading is. In that moment, we're thinking, I'm I'm in full control of what my next step is, right? But a lot of people, we all experience those middle spaces in life, those kind of ellipses, right? And a lot of people in that moment, they think, oh my goodness, I'm completely out of control, right? Uh, I don't know what to do. And it's that flipping your, in your mindset, like, no. That's the greatest thing about a mindset because, um, I definitely had some times in my life where I was in this transitional period and it wasn't really as big of a transitional period as the later ones in my life have been um, but still it kind of threw me off balance because I wasn't used to it I was just used to doing a thing getting to the next step doing the next thing and um, I never really I never really been confronted with like uncertainty so I wasn't really comfortable with it and I think that's one of the big lessons to learn to like be comfortable with um, change and uncertainty and like make the best of it. Mm -hmm. And I think as long as you're confident in your decisions, you will be confident and comfortable with change and uncertainty because you know that this is where you should be right now and where you're supposed to be and that you're going in the right direction and that you will end up where you should be and what's right for you. I heard somewhere I don't remember, it was a podcast or something and it described confidence as trusting yourself. That's all, that's the only definition to confidence. Like whether that is in your work life and your relationships and just decisions that you have to make and especially in those middle spaces of life, like confidence is the fact of trusting yourself and then looking back on your life and um, the collection of decisions that you've made and seeing how when you um, decided on something, it always ended up being the right decision because it led you to where you are now. So mm -hmm. trusting in yourself is, that's all confidence means. So yeah. it is, even though in that middle space and that unknown, I may have no idea like what this will look like, what that will look like, but I know historically, that every decision that I've made, even though at the time it was uncomfortable, it had to have been the right decision because 
that's what I made and that's where I am right now right so isn't that like the, the beautiful thing about life that it mm -hmm. isn't written and you don't really know where you're going to end up and how you get there mm -hmm. it's pretty boring if you know everything <laughs> would be written yeah out for you and you know exactly when you will be there and where you'll end up and what you do next it's about the journey right our, our lives start off as blank canvases and we splash colors here and there but we never see the whole of the picture you know we probably never do even until we get to the end of it but um it's the people that we meet along the way and they add on to the different colors right and that's how our life becomes colorful and so now this part of the podcast I like to call it the great school of life and there are seven questions and they're rapid fire questions so your task is to answer them either with one word a phrase or a sentence so what book had the biggest impact on on you on your life one book Pretty standard answer, but I would say The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Love that book. So you have to choose just one book to recommend to our listeners, myself, one book that is going to have an impact on changing their, on changing their perspective, but you can only choose one. A different book than the one I, I already mentioned. It doesn't have to be. <laughs> Uh, I would just say the power of now again, going with the whole mindset. It's a popular one these days. <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm not supposed to, I'm not supposed to comment either. <laughs> okay. What are you currently trying to let go of? Um, like fear of failure, I'd say, and fear of deep connection or like intimacy, getting people, letting people get close to me. Hmm. Wow. What is a piece of wisdom you've gained? We talked about this a little bit, but what is a piece of wisdom you've gained from your travels that you now carry with you into your day to day? going out of your comfort zone mm -hmm. like you're you're stronger than you think essentially absolutely all right um from this book that i really love called wabi sabi by beth kimpton she says literature haiku moments are when it feels as if time itself is winking at us we're completely immersed in, in an experience, unbothered by past or future, fully present. What's a haiku moment you've had recently? I would just say reflecting and journaling, writing down your thoughts and your mindset, your current thoughts and your plans. Mm -hmm. Ooh, that's good. And then last question, what are you grateful for? As of late, I am grateful for people in my life and their wisdom and support and um, 
yeah, just them being there and supporting me in my decisions. That's beautiful. Thank you so much, Victoria, for coming and just sharing your mindset with us, your heart and your perspective. And it has been a joy in my life of knowing you all of these years, even if it's just a little message on Instagram or a like or a comment. I don't know, every time I see your name pop up, I get really excited. So I'm, I'm always, always carrying you um, with me in some way. That's lovely to hear. Thank you so much for having me. You're it's been really great, really insightful for me as well. And I can't wait to hear the final episode and see where this project takes you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it or learned something new, make sure to pass it along to someone else in your life. Remember, you don't just live a life, you can create it. Why not make it colorful?